the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham. I'm a confidence mentor for women, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. My intention is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we create our own versions of heaven on earth. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for your patience, by the way, if you are a regular listener, because as as in classic Mercury retrograde style, my laptop utterly died. I was on um, a camping trip and I left my laptop like at my parents' house as we, you know, to just leave everything behind for our trip and uh, came back broken broken. I was like, what's going on? It just wouldn't turn on. So anyways, I've, I've had a week with interesting technology delays, but uh, we're back in the game. And a, a really good lesson in surrender, to be honest, like when things like that happen, like, you know, I lost all of my files, everything, but it's a great lesson in like what would happen if the slate was cleaned and you had to start over again. It's also a lesson in like back up your important stuff and save what you want to, which luckily I did. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but, um, it's actually like a refreshing thing to have to start over again and to completely take a look at what habits and patterns I was leaning into before. And like, now I have a new horizon to, to start over again. So, you know, I'm making it a little bit more existential than maybe it is, but you know, the laptop is where I work and create and, and everything. So, Yes. Well, anyways, I've had uh, a lovely last few days in New York City, and I always love going there after being away for a while because all of my memories from my 20s um, up until, I guess, 27 uh, were in New York City. So I feel like I know like every corner of the East and West Village in Williamsburg. And every time I, I walk those streets, I just get like crazy downloads of memories that I totally forgotten about. Um, and I just feel so connected to people. Honestly, it made me realize that I'm actually more of an extrovert than I would sometimes acknowledge or admit. I really get energy from being around people. Just walking through the streets during the day gives me so much energy. And you know what it is? I think when you're in a city like that with all of those fabulous people, you feel seen because you're passing literally thousands of people on the street every day as you're walking around and we make eye contact with each other as humans and we look at each other and everyone kind of dresses on purpose, very much on purpose. And it's so validating to be witnessed and to be seen and to like have little moments with each other as just a collective and as humans. And I've really been thinking about, you know, where, where is the balance and the harmony between nature and a city? And like, where am I supposed to, to end up? Like I'm in this really interesting season of life as, uh, experiencing a lot of freedom. Like I can do kind of whatever I want, uh, you know, with its limitations, but I could be anywhere. I could be anywhere. So I've really had to consider like, where do I want to be in my next chapter? And what I think about the city, New York City 
specifically is that I get a sense of unity and peace and happiness from the human beings that I do in nature in some kind of way, because humans are nature. We're reflections of nature. So it certainly eases that and kind of scratches an itch, if you will, to be around people like that. Like there's always some kind of compromise I find in the places that I've lived. Topanga was a really good, a good blend, but still not, not the city, not a city like New York city. There's nowhere else in the world like New York. Oh my God. So what a wonderful visit. I'll be back soon. And, uh, I don't want to say too much about moving there, but my plan is to move in, in November and, uh, you know, at least have New York city as my home base again. So if I travel from there, fantastic, but, uh, I'd like that to be my home base. So now that we're moving into September, I am starting to pack up my sweet home. This has been just like such an amazing place to recenter and reconnect. And I knew I'd been led back here for a reason. If you know my story from the last year, you know that I kind of ended up here in emergency mode, almost on accident. There are no accidents, but um, I definitely was plopped down in Portland for a purpose. And I'm so grateful for this time here. And I'm just going to try to relish this beautiful homeland for, for the time being, um, try to get out as in nature as much as possible. And what a blessing it will be to be here for the fall and the, and the season shift and to see the leaves change and get as much time outside breathing that, breathing that good ass prana, if you will. (laughs) Who knows that saying, by the way, that was, uh, Ralph, that's his name, Ralph on YouTube. He was one of my like first guys that I would watch on YouTube when I was having my um, curiosities and spiritual awakening in college, basically. But he would always say, breathing in that good ass prana, baby. That would be his opening. Okay. Anyways, I've sidetracked a little bit. It's the end of my day over here on a Tuesday evening. So I'm going a little off the rails. We are going to be doing a Q and a today because there's really no reason. I just love to connect with you guys. And I think this gives us a more intimate touch point. I get to understand what you guys are moving through as individuals, but also it's so cool when I put up that Q and a on my Instagram, how similar our experiences truly are. So, so truly, so deeply, you know, and it's interesting how those similarities and those themes that we're moving through collectively will change from month to month. Like one month, I'll get a lot of input on, uh, envy or comparison. Another month, I'll get a lot of messages around finances and career growth. Another month, I'll get a lot of input on partnerships and relationships and friendships. It's just fascinating. And we all kind of ebb and flow in a way together. And honestly, that's why I love the energies surrounding our new moons and our full moons. Cause it's like every two weeks we get a collective checkpoint and we get to check in with ourselves and say, you know, how is my internal experience being reflected in the external cosmic world? And how can I learn from this and, and remember that I am part of a whole, I'm a part of a whole, I'm part of unity consciousness here. So that's what we're going to dive into a little bit more. I chose pretty much like the top five questions that came in and made a blend of the the most common questions that I think will be most potent for you for this podcast. And, um, you know, you guys, you can always hit me up on Instagram and say, Hey, Helen, can you talk about this in your next episode or anything? I'm here for you. I love that. So the first topic of conversation that was requested was around making big changes in your early thirties, like moving abroad, for example. 
and how to navigate that and how to navigate the fear surrounding making big life changes uh, around age 30. So I love this question. And it's a really interesting time to be experiencing big life changes because I think we associate all of the craziness and the wackiness and the unpredictability around our 20s. And then, you know, from societal standards and from typical programming, we think, okay, when I turn 30 and I'm in my 30s, I'm going to settle down, things are going to calm, and uh, I shouldn't rock the boat around that age. Like I should have gotten it out in my 20s. And we always hear like, live it up while you're young. And then we have this association that once our 20s are passed, we have to be more responsible. Okay, so there's truth to all parts of this. The truth of the stability I think is there in our thirties because what it's natural. It's like we, we spend our twenties experimenting in so many ways. And then once we get into our thirties, um, I just turned 30. Um, so I'm already feeling this. I feel much more grounded in who I am as a woman and as a purpose. I'm like, Oh, I found my purpose. I have discovered and unraveled it. And I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to do. So there's a, a safety in that and a stability in knowing my purpose. So I think the energetics of that are more, just that energetics and our external environments can then reflect that safety. But that doesn't mean we have to stay put. That doesn't mean that we have to sacrifice our dreams and our desires and we're going to keep evolving. So I, I do like to keep a very open mind about our purpose changing and evolving. So, I mean, right now my focus is mentorship and the podcast and creating content every day and et cetera, et cetera. And I also understand that that is going to take a bigger shape at some point. It's going to probably look like a lot more writing, maybe more public speaking, maybe retreats. You know, I'm moving into a bigger version of this as I outgrow this current reality. And that evolution, and think about this for yourself as well, like where are you going to grow out of your current state, will absolutely lead me to travel more, I hope. And open new relationships. I hope, I believe, uh, new friendships will form. I'll develop new tastes and new habits and new routines. One of my intentions when I turned 30 was that I want to be an athlete. I want to be more of an athlete than I've ever been before. So I just want to keep your mind really open as you listen to this, that there is no end point for our evolution. It's always going to be a change and a flow. And of course, our biology will require us to slow the pace a little bit, but that has nothing to do with relinquishing your desires. It just doesn't. You can do anything that you want to do. You can do anything that you put your mind to at any age. It's just a matter of how can you get yourself in an environment where you feel like you can really thrive. But let me get back to the original question was truly about traveling abroad and going to like a foreign place. And I understand how that can be really daunting. And um, I remember in my 20s, and I hear this a lot with people that have traveled in their 20s, it's like, you just threw shit at the fan, basically. You're just like, oh, okay, I'm going to arrive here and I'm going to figure it out. I have no plan, no money. I'm just going to go for it. And I did that a lot in my, in my 20s. I think a lot of us did stuff like that. And then at, in our 30s, we're, we, we're more familiar with the world and we're like, okay, so maybe I should plan a little bit for this, you know, plan financially, plan time-wise you know, plan everything out. And it can be scary to be like, how am I just going to arrive in this location and figure this out? But the thing is you will figure it out because think, 
think logically about what's about to go down. You're probably going to pack up your stuff. You're going to get on a plane. You're going to land. You're going to go to your apartment or your Airbnb. You're going to set up. You're going to settle in. You're going to walk around. You're going to get to know your neighborhood. You're going to learn the language. And it might be a little funny at first. You're going to join groups. You're going to go to studies or you're going to go to your new job. And it's just going to be a moment to moment to moment to moment, which is why the practice of stillness and presence is so important when we're getting ready to change our lives like this, because it's just moment to moment to moment. All we have is now. All we have is now. So I think we have this opportunity to come back from this idea of like, oh my God, it's going to be so big and so shocking. It's just going to be another moment. It's just going to be another day, but it's going to be different from your normal days, but that's okay. You've gotten through every day up until now. You'll get through this one. And so with that being said, there is absolutely a level a level of surrender that is being asked of us when we when we transition like this into new environments, surrendering, allowing yourself to make mistakes, giving yourself space and time to make mistakes, knowing that you're going to reach your end goal no matter what and that these are just part of the learning journey and and it's all purposed. So, you know, think about what you might be really afraid of as you transition and you decide to travel and or move, move to a new place in your early 30s, you know, um, having built a comfortable place elsewhere. Ask yourself, you know, what's my biggest fear? Are you afraid that you're not going to learn the language well enough to communicate and, and get your needs met? Okay, consider that. And then maybe you double down on the, the trigger points in learning the language so you, you feel comfortable enough speaking it. Um, are you afraid that something's not going to work out with your, um, place that you're staying? Okay. Tackle that issue beforehand and be like, okay, what, what can I do to make sure that I'm going to be all set up and I'm okay and I'm safe. Um, and think about things that make you feel really comfortable in your home. Like for example, I've always got candles and flowers around and a, a scent that is familiar with my home. So bring that into your new environment to ground yourself and, you know, pray, pray, talk to the universe. And when I say prayer, I don't mean it in a religious sense. I just mean it as an open dialogue with spirit. So if that feels resonant with you, speak to spirit, speak to your guide, speak to your ancestors and, and ask for guidance and support as you make this pilgrimage and as you make this journey and really surrender and lean into, to trusting the elements around you, you're going to be okay you're going to be okay. So maybe your affirmation is that maybe it's just, I'm safe. I'm right where I need to be. Just take it moment by moment, but plan as much as you can. And then you got to let it go and then have some fun. Just have fun. Oh my gosh. I I just love this for you. I love that you're going to be traveling the person that asked this question. And I hope that I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with you. You know, I mean, I definitely understand that feeling of like, oh, I should be settled down by now. Maybe I should be having kids. I don't know, but every, every one of us has a different vision for what our heaven on earth looks like. And, you know, mine, mine right now is just like, let me just be guided where I feel fulfilled and happy and, and I'm laughing the most and I'm crying tears of joy. And that's usually around nature or really creative environments. Um, so Remember your authentic coding and what's really going to make you happy and really trust yourself. You've got this. Trust yourself. If you find any points that you don't trust yourself within, those are the places to work on before you get on that flight. 
and you got this. And I'm so happy for you. We're so, we're so young, you know, like as long as you are able-bodied and, and those of you who aren't able-bodied, that's okay too. But what I mean is as long as you feel like your health can carry you through, go for it. My hope is that when I'm 80, I, I still have the health to, to be living in whatever way I desire. So there's no cap time-wise. It's just about like, how much energy do you have? It's just about energy. Yeah. I think you got a lot of energy. We're going to have a lot of energy, you guys, all of us until we're like way deep into our aging. Don't even get me started on, um, (laughs) on reversing aging right now. And, uh, the biology surrounding that I'm trying to remember this guy's name, Brian. Oh my gosh. He has, he runs this company called blueprint, Brian Johnson. If you guys are interested in reversing aging and biohacking and just like what we are capable of as a a species and how amazing our bodies are as like machines, basically check out Brian Johnson. He has this company called blueprint. Does this sound like you? You've hit a plateau in life and just don't know where to turn. It's like, you know, you're ready to feel better, but what does that look like? And how do you get there? I know what that feels like to basically throw everything at the wall in the wellness and meditation world, but not getting results, feeling frustrated, even trying therapy, but nothing seems to help. That was me 10 years ago. If you're like me, you're ambitious, you're ready and willing to change. You know that it's possible to lead a fulfilling and peaceful life. You know that you could feel more confident in who you are, but you just don't know where to start or how to keep building on your foundation. This is exactly why I've created the Confidence Mentorship. Our work together is to bring loving awareness to those limiting beliefs and alchemize them so that you can finally step into the woman you've always known you could be and bring you back home to yourself. What I love about this 16-week program is that we initiate huge action in your life to help you evolve into your highest self at 10x speed. It's been absolutely amazing to see my clients literally quantum leap from week to week, but don't take it from me. Just head to my website. You can see the testimonials. But if this feels like a full body yes already as you're listening, you can just go to the description linked below and book a free clarity call with me to explore this private one-on-one mentorship container together. Okay, back to the episode. So I'm planning to live quite long If I happen to die beforehand, that'll be okay too. But um, remember, okay, here's how I'll close out this topic is like, remember that you're on a soul's journey. Your soul wants to explore as many facets as it can of what, what it means to be a human being. So let your soul shine and explore that. Yes. Okay. This this is why I only take like four Q and A questions because I will talk for an hour. Okay. Next question, love, uh, new rituals for calling in desires. Do you have any new rituals for calling in your new manifestations? So I think I've mentioned this before, but, um, I've really been thinking about the law of attraction recently as more of a law of resonance. So how can we get into a place of resonance with what we want to feel, you know what that feels like, right? It's like a, a musical chord, like perfectly in harmony. You feel, you feel alive around it. You feel like a yes. You feel like a soul's yes resonating in your body as you're around this desire. So when you're thinking about manifesting a new desire, you know, I could certainly say charge your crystals under the moon and do this and this and this. And I've done that 
And I love it. I love a ritual because it solidifies an intention. But from my perspective and my understanding over the last decade or so of really working on this, it has been about resonance and getting ourselves into physical environments so that our bodies can feel the sensation of what it feels like to actually have what we want more often so that it becomes actualized and real almost before it is real with anything. So I would say the challenge for you on an actionable step scenario is to get yourself into environments that make you feel expanded and like you're cracking your potential. So, um, let me see. That's, that's a good example of why I went to New York because I really needed creative inspiration and that's going to help me manifest more creative ideas is just being around more creative people. Um, if you are someone who wants to be a great meditation teacher, get into meditation classes with great teachers so that you can learn from them. If you're someone who wants to speak a new language, like go to somewhere where they speak that language or watch documentaries or films on, uh, that are, that are spoken in that language. Um, if you're manifesting, you know, a partner who is funny and adventurous and all the things like think about where you can find those qualities and emotional qualities in real time in the world. So, you know, if you want to be with someone that's funny, like figure out how to laugh more, maybe you go to a comedy show. So that's what I mean by resonance. What is the energy of what you desire and how can you get closer to that on a regular basis? And the subconscious loves repetition. So I think one of the misconceptions about reprogramming the subconscious is like, oh, okay, we acknowledge a limiting belief, we recode it, we tell ourselves a more positive thing, and then we're done, it's healed. It's not really how it works because the way that we form beliefs is that we're forming neural pathways and we're walking those neural pathways again and again and again and again and again and again. And And some of us have walked the same neural pathways our entire lives. So when we're changing a neural pathway, it requires a lot of repetition and a lot of new levels of resonance. So repeatedly get yourself in those spaces um, that you want to embody and that you want to move into. It's going to take frequency. It's going to take frequency. You know what? Let's just think about that word frequency for a moment. Frequency can mean an energetic intonation, but frequency also means repetition. I don't think there's an accident there. I love that. Okay. So frequency as a matter of repetition and energetics. So repeat the energetics that you want to be in tune with. Mm. Okay. So that, I hope that helps. That leads me beautifully into the next topic, which is how to get over comparison and jealousy around people. So for all my girls listening, it's almost impossible not to feel this sense of jealousy or envy in this world Um, especially around our bodies, around our careers, around our love lives, everything, because we are marketed to every single day, all day on who we're supposed to be because women are the number one buyers in this commercial world that we live in. Women buy everything. I'm forgetting the statistics around this, but like every single ad that we see, like 90% of ads, period, 
are garnered toward women because women are constantly being taught that we need to, that we need to change and become something different and that we're not beautiful enough. So we need this skincare product or this makeup product or this clothing product. If you look at men's advertising, it's like they need two things. We need apparently a million things, which I think is why I'm happy to see like a de-influencing system going on, like on social media, because we don't need all of this shit that we're marketed all day long. Oh my Lord. So I'm trying to be mindful of that as I, as I think about brand partnerships too, of like what feels really authentic I love makeup, but I, I do wear like the same thing every day and I use the same products every day. So I need to be mindful of that. But um, anyways, so first of all, when we're thinking about jealousy and comparison, let's just get, let's get a higher level of perspective of the fact that women are especially made to feel this way in the society that we live in. That's a consumerist economy. Okay. So uh, it's not your fault that you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be because we're constantly being told that we're never going to be where we're supposed to be. We're never going to be pretty enough or successful enough or awesome enough. Okay. So that's one story that we can start to unwind, unravel and release. Second part to this is the energetic part of our envy and our jealousy actually being sacred and really leading us into connection with our highest self. So if you saw my reel that I posted yesterday, I talked, I spoke to this a little bit, but envy is an amazing pathway to experiencing our highest iteration of self. And that is because when we're envious of something, it's a signal to our desire and our desires. Someone posted today, our desires are our needs. And I kind of like that. I like that thinking like our desires are our needs because I think they are. It's like our soul wants to feel this in this lifetime. And that's a desire. Our soul wants to experience it. This that's an authentic encoding that we have on an authentic level. So pay attention to your desires, respect them, honor them because they're leading you to your soul's fulfillment. So when we're envious of somebody, it means we desire something, which means they're showing us the way forward. And that's exactly where I think Lacey Phillips got this term expanders from is people that we see that have what we want, but we aren't there yet. They're expanders for us and they're showing us the way forward. So when we study them, we start to understand how to become more like that energetically and to get what we want and, and to manifest what we want. So I would invite you to start rewriting the story around envy and jealousy to say, to call it an expander, to call whoever you're jealous of an expander and start to rewrite that pathway, that neural pathway with repetition. So every time you catch yourself being triggered by like, oh, they're so much better than me being like, oh my God, I'm so grateful that they're showing me the way forward. I love their energy and I'm so excited to embody more of this energy and practice this in my own life. So it is a practice to alchemize envy into admiration. Once you can shift envy into admiration, you've got a golden ticket right there. So the other part to that is recognizing that your soul is here for its own Dharma and its own unfolding. So every person is going to walk their own unique path, perfect to their experience. So recognize that whatever is unfolding for you is perfectly designed for you and it's leading you in the right direction. The other thing is, if you're feeling envious of somebody, ask yourself, would I be willing to change my current experience to get closer to the experience that they're having? Am I willing to change? And honestly, ask, maybe you are, and that's awesome because the willingness to change is going to help you evolve 10 X. So 
get real with yourself being like, yeah, I do want to change. So for example, I was feeling a sense of admiration because I, I have alchemized jealousy pretty well. I have to give myself a little pat on the back. I, I don't really feel it anymore. And that's because I've transitioned into admiration. It feels so good. It feels so good. And there was someone, there was this gorgeous woman I was looking at recently. She was so strong. She wasn't just, she wasn't thin. She was strong, fit as fuck. And I was like, I really want and desire my thirties to be marked with strength. I want to feel like a warrior. I want to feel like Superwoman or wonder woman. And feeling that sense of admiration for her and that feeling like I could be doing more, I could be doing more, led me to start running for the first time in my life. I've never been a runner, but this is what I mean, you guys. I feel stronger, I feel healthier, I feel happier because I admired this woman. I saw something that she had that I didn't yet and I worked to get there. And now I feel like, oh, I'm I'm now I'm at this like equal point with her in a way um, on a level of fitness. Not really, but <laughs> I'm getting there and it's making me a better person, period, okay? So look at envy and jealousy as admiration and let it be a pathway to embodying your highest self. The flip side to that is if you feel jealous or envious of somebody that doesn't really have a lifestyle that you truly and authentically admire, get real with yourself about that and be like, okay, so I, I actually can let that go. Cause they're actually not there. That is not admiration. That's just, that's just, um, a denser, more sticky energy. That's speaking to, um, a sense of woundedness. Maybe it's coming from my inner child. Maybe it's coming from, you know, someone who rejected me in the past. That's being triggered. Like, it's okay. So just bring poor love into that, release it and let it go. And speaking to that point, like as you're moving through these emotions, lead with love. So even though you can say this to yourself, even though I'm feeling jealous of this person, I still love, honor, and accept myself. And I'm choosing to shift that jealousy into admiration. And I'm choosing to love this person as my sister or as my brother. And I'm loving them for showing me the way forward. I wish them the best. And I'm going to, I'm going to be the best that I can be today. So let, let it lead the way in a really positive force. You know, I think you'll be grateful for that shift. Um, okay. We have covered a lot of ground already, so I'm going to cover. All right. One more, one or two more quickies connecting with our grandmother lineage as women. Why is that significant to connect with our grandmothers? Okay. Let's talk about our grandmother lineage as women listening. If you're a guy listening to this, it's also going to relate to you and your grandfathers for women. It's us and our grandmothers. Um, so just to this point specifically, I really like to think about epigenetics. And as we talk about epigenetics, this might be a term that you have not heard of before. And it was relatively familiar, uh, uh, unfamiliar with me as of recently, but um, I'm just going to read you a little description of it. Okay. Epigenetics is a field of biological study that examines changes in gene expression or cellular traits that are heritable, but are not caused by changes in the DNA sequence itself. In other words, epigenetics explores how environmental factors and experiences can lead to modifications in the way genes are turned off or on, impacting a person's development, health, and potential disease susceptibility. Okay. What it's basically saying is epigenetics is a physical manifestation of beliefs that are passed down through our lineage. Okay. 
So a really, a few common ones that we see. Number one, obesity. I'm going to be real. Obesity or health. You could go in either direction, but I think a lot of people struggle with obesity and they will say it's genetic. It's just, in, and they're not wrong. They're not wrong that it's genetic, but I would say it's epigenetic because there are belief systems around food that have been passed down through lifetimes that, you know, are embodied in each generation. So if a person wants to overcome obesity in a family that is obese, they need to change their belief systems around food and health and mindset to break the chains there. And I give people that do that so much credit because they are truly rewriting their familial and genetic history by doing so. It's a lot different for someone who was born into a family where they're like a granola family, for example. So um, you know, if you see a, a family that's like everybody's thin and everything like that, it's like I would say that has a lot to do with epigenetics and belief systems around food and um, health, et cetera, that are passed down through that. So they're all ends of the spectrum here. Um, another example of that would be um, like the witch wound that comes in through women, like not feeling safe exploring our mysticism and herbs because or anything because our, our ancestors as women were burned at the stake for that stuff. So it's been suppressed until now. Our generation in the age of Aquarius is really cracking that open and we're becoming more comfortable with that. And that's a form of rewriting history in so many ways. So to answer your question more poignantly, the connection to our grandmothers as women is more about understanding what belief systems were passed down from woman to woman to woman to woman to woman because our mothers are in some part reflecting their mothers and their mothers and their mothers and their mothers. So our personalities are hugely formed because of our, our grandmother lineage. So when we're on a healing journey, we get to ask ourselves, okay, what beliefs were passed down that I want to keep as part of my identity and what can I let go so that I can heal my lineage? And when we're entering the spirit world and we're talking about connecting with our ancestors and our, and our spirit guides and our spirit teams, we're connecting with the, the purest essence of the woman and, and the lineage there. So, um, when I, this is my personal take on it. When I'm connecting and asking for guidance from my grandmothers, I'm speaking to them in a pure form, a form that was not conditioned by the society that they lived in. Um, a form that is connected to source energy itself and creativity. And I ask for their guidance to say, please help me and guide me in a way that is in your authenticity and that is not fear-based and that is not compressed. But it's different from women and men because women and men have different experiences. And as I've been reading Journey of Souls and studying more about quantum healing, souls do tend to have a preference apparently, uh, you know, of what I think is true. Um, souls tend to have a preference of what gender they choose, um, or maybe they're non-binary, but what, you know what I mean? Like they, they choose, you know, how they, how they identify. So I believe that our grandmothers often, often are like women throughout their lifetime. So they have the feminine experience. So that's why I would say tuning in as a woman to your grandmother lineage is going to give you access to deeper healing, on uh, what it means to be a woman separate from the fear that we're peddled every day. Good. Hope that makes sense. Okay. Last question. How to access forgiveness when you're feeling hurt? This 
is, is the journey of a lifetime, right? Because I think we come in and we have relationships with our family, with friends, with significant characters in our lifetime that are purposefully filled with pain in, in a lot of experiences. I don't think we make it through this lifetime unscathed by that. And when we can start to see that pain as a teacher, forgiveness becomes a lot easier because we start to understand that we're all playing roles here. All of our roles have been designed to bring out our soul's highest expression. And we get to be taught through adversity what it means to be strong. There's a yin and the yang to everything. So when you're feeling hurt by something, ask yourself, you know, why am I feeling hurt by this? And am I giving my power away to somebody else to dictate my emotional experience? Where can I return my power to myself? And forgiveness does not mean releasing your energetic protection or your boundaries. It just means saying, okay, we're all humans here and I can return to that place of love I'm going to embody loving awareness and I'm going to let you walk your path and I'm going to let, I'm going to let myself walk mine. The challenge with forgiveness is, is the person that hurt you going to walk the path with you or not? If they're not going to walk the path with you moving forward, can you still let them go with love and compassion and say, it's okay. You know, um, I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to move forward with you in my life but I understand that your own dharma is unfolding. You played a significant role in mine. I learned something from this. Here's what I learned. And I'm not going to move forward with this person in my life. That's okay. So there's a surrendering to moving forward without someone that hurt you. And I think it's important to do so when someone really does cross a boundary with you, especially if it's a couple times and um, you can you can let them go and let them walk their own path. Um, forgiveness doesn't mean surrendering in a way that's weak at all. It just means seeing the humanity in another person. And then you get to decide how much of you they receive based on your trust in them. So you get to decide, do I actually trust this person enough to walk the path with them? Or have they lost my trust? I'm going to let them go with love. And I'm going to move on to better things for me. And I'm, I'm moving on to this dimension and that feels better. Follow your feeling. Forgiveness though is about leading with love and not hate because it's only, it's for you. Forgiveness is not about the other person. It's for your own peace. You've probably heard that before, but forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. It's about you and your peace. What's going to bring you more peace? Leading with love, letting them go or leading with love, letting them stay. It's your choice. You get to decide, but that's where all of this deeper healing work comes in around shame, vulnerability, honesty with ourselves is when you truly know and love yourself, you will make a decision that will support you deeply. So I would just tune into that when you're struggling with forgiving somebody, tune into those pointers, um, and it'll be okay, but just, just lead with love with yourself and with them. And if they, if they leave, they leave and that's, and that's purposed. Ah, okay. Thank you so much for being here. I think that's where I will leave you just for now, but you know, I'm never leaving you over on social media. So come hang out, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what your takeaways are from today. Thank you for being here. Bless. Talk soon. 
All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action. As always, everything you might want to know about is linked in the description below. And if you feel like a buddy might benefit from this information and this conversation today, send it along, maybe share it to your stories. And if you feel called to leave a review, I would be so deeply grateful. But I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm so grateful that you're part of this community and I'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Bye for now.